The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Hi, Ecclesia. It is a real pleasure to be with you today to invite you into thanking God together. We know this is a strange season. We know kids are going back to school soon. We have a lot of unanswered questions, but we can still come together and just rely and trust and rest and be thankful that God is always constant. So I would invite you to pray together. Father, we are grateful, Lord, for the season, for this week, for what's coming, because we know you're there. We know you are present and we know you are constant and we rejoice and we are thankful together. In your name we pray, amen.
asked him how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh for grace to trust him more. Up to the hills, and this my. 
God, my God, wherever I go, glory. Where I reap and where I sow, glory. When my hand it grips the thorn, glory. In the still and in the storm, glory, glory. Oh, we labor unto glory till heaven and earth are one. Oh, we labor unto glory until God's kingdom come. The sun it shines and then goes down glory Rain it pours and beats the ground glory Dust it blows and ends my days glory My heart's may burn beneath your gaze glory Curse the ground, glory. Trim the wick, ignite the flame, glory. My work it will not be in vain, glory, glory. Oh, we labor unto glory till. Ecclesia, even in this challenging season, we continue to be committed to the work God calls us, sharing the gospel, caring for the vulnerable in our city and beyond, caring well especially for our children. As we each consider our part in that offering, please speak this prayer along with me. God, our provider and sustainer, you bind all of creation together, every molecule a gift from your hand. The life and love of Jesus displayed the power of generosity. Two fish and five loaves magnified to feed thousands. We give because we belong to you and to one another. We give trusting that you will use these gifts to do what none of us can do alone. We open our hands in joy and hope. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Well, hello, Ecclesia family. Uh, if we haven't had the privilege to meet in person, I'm Wayne Brown, one of the campus pastors here, and it's my privilege to give you some updates on what's going on within our community here in Houston. We are continuing to partner with local restaurants to provide meals for the most vulnerable in our city. And this past week, we partnered with three fantastic restaurants. One is Go Cajun Subs up in the Woodlands. Uh, it was a joy to talk to Bobby and his team and work out uh, a really great meal for, for our brothers and sisters. And then we also partnered with uh, Famous Barbecue right around the corner from us. And I really enjoyed talking to Karen, who's one of the owners at that restaurant. Uh, we had a great relationship started and looking forward to hopefully partnering with them some more uh, down the road. And then finally, we were able to connect with Yong's HTX to provide some beef and some kimchi and a really interesting meal for our brothers and sisters that's absolutely fantastic. And we are so grateful for your continued generosity to support them. That. And if you'd like to sponsor a meal, we would be so honored by that. You can do that. And the first step is to email lauren at ecclesiahouston.org. And as always, you can give to be a part of that as well. And we couldn't do this without your generous donations. And you can do that with a simple text message. You can just text your donation amount to the number 84321. And then you can partake and be a part of this work that we're doing in our city. Next, Ecclesia, uh, we are really excited that we got to start some discipleship groups today, and uh, they're fantastic. It's not too late to sign up. Uh, there are some really great uh, opportunities to connect and discuss and uh, explore what God may be doing in our lives and in the scriptures and all around us. So one is Mike Yeager, along with Alexander from our family ministry team, are leading a series on films for four weeks called Sacred Frames. Uh, and I'll be honest, I'm really excited about this one. If I wasn't leading a class, I would totally sign up and I would be in there. So spoiler alert, I'm also leading a class along with Hannah Rodriguez, also from our fam family ministry team. And we're taking four weeks to look at this book in the Bible on Jonah, uh, this tiny little book that is so profound and so mysterious and so beautifully written uh, that speaks a lot to prejudice and some of the things that we're experiencing in our day and age. So it's not too late to sign up and we would love it if you would join us if you'd like to do that. Easiest way to sign up is to go to ecclesiahouston.org, our homepage. And on the homepage, there is a link for discipleship groups. You just click on that and it takes you to the options where you can sign up for those. We would be so honored if you would join us for that. Next, Ecclesia, as back to school is starting and our students and our teachers are going back to those environments, whether it's in person or it's virtually, we want to have a time where we pause very intentionally to pray for all the students, all the teachers, and all the parents and families who are taking on extra work to make sure their kids get educated this semester. And we have been having some time on Wednesdays to stop and pray, but we want to invite everyone in the community to our midweek Vesper on Wednesday, August 19th, where we're gonna specifically pause to pray for students and teachers and parents and honestly, this will be a great time to invite other teachers that you may know or other families that you may, be, that you may know that may be anxious about this time that's coming. Uh, and we wanna have some time to pray and bless and to gather together for that. 
And in that vein, uh, I want to introduce you to Alexandra from our family ministry team because she's going to pause and she's going to lead us in a prayer specifically over our students. And then after that, you're going to get to hear from our lead pastor, Chris C., who's going to share a message from God's word. And he will also lead us in a time of prayer for our teachers as we're entering the season. Ecclesia, it's so good to be with you virtually. Uh, hope you have a great day. God bless. Now is the time that we get to pray over the kids and students who are headed back to school. Join me. God, we lift up the children and students in our lives and those in our Ecclesia community. We know that this year at school will look different, whether it's at a new school or it just looks different this year. And so we want to lift up those to you because you are the God who cares about the details of our lives and you care about the details of starting school. So we lift up to you um, the students who are starting in a new school. We lift up our pre-Kers and kindergartners to you. We lift up those who are starting middle school and junior high to you. And we lift up those who are beginning high school this year to you. And we also lift up those who have moved and are starting school in a new city, a new state, or even a new country. We lift them up to you. We pray, God, that you would be so near to each one in this new setting, that they would sense your closeness in new environments with new teachers, new classmates, and new routines. So we lift them up to you. And God, we also pray for those who are starting school in person. And this looks different this year. And we lift up the anxieties and fears and worries of families. Um, may you come and be the God who brings peace that passes our understanding. May you be near to us and comfort us. And we pray over those children that this would be a place of safety and a place where they can interact with um, other students and other kiddos at school. Um, we pray for our kids who are starting school in person this year. And God, we also lift up to you um, our little ones and our students who are starting school virtually, which is very different. And we pray for special places inside homes that school can happen. And we pray for rhythms of routine and community that can happen virtually. Um, so we lift up all those that made this decision or um, are stepping into the school year virtually. And we pray again your comfort and your peace over these kiddos and their families. Because God, we know that you are the God that brings peace that passes understanding. And God, we know that you are the God that lavishes love on us. And you are the God that brings comfort and the God that is near to us. And you are the God that sustains us. And so we lift up all the children and all the students in our lives and in our families. 
and in this Ecclesia community. We thank you for them, and we pray that your abiding peace and joy will go with them into this new school year. In the name of the Holy Trinity, amen. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I feel like I have not seen you in a whole long time in this way. I, uh, I'm so grateful to be able to open the Bible with you today. Uh, to give you a bit of an update on things that are happening in our life, in my life, and in the church. And uh, God's with us. He's present with us. Although sometimes, especially in this pandemic, right, it feels like it's one thing after another. And so uh, I've been recovering from COVID. Uh, my kids got sick, but not nearly as sick as I felt. And, uh, and that's not been fun. I still hit the wall with fatigue. But in the midst of that, right, there's loss and there's pain and there's difficulty with finances and there's family struggle. And, and literally, uh, even last week in our family, we lost our beloved dog, it, uh, Angel. Angel was with us almost 14 years. And this starts to sound like a really bad country song, right? In fact, if I was gonna be a country songwriter, now would be the time to write the song. And, uh, and yet, uh, I wanna be a gospel writer, not a country writer, uh, because I believe that in the midst of loss, in the midst of pain, in the midst of difficulty, that God's with us, that I'm not alone and you're not alone. Although I'll tell you, you get COVID, nobody wants to come see you. You start to feel pretty alone, um, but I wasn't alone. Uh, you guys were checking in on me, you were sending me meals and uh, somehow I kept my appetite through all of it. I didn't lose any weight with COVID. We've had a lot of people in the church that got it and got it hard and lost a lot of weight. Uh, I was not one of those. You kept sending me chewies. I ate chewies throughout my sickness. And uh, so I didn't lose any weight, um, but I felt miserable at times. And I'm so grateful to be able to use the gifts that God has given me to share with you today and to share with you a message of hope. What do you want to share after you've been sick and you've gone through struggles? I'm going to talk to you today about sin. And some of you are like, I may tune out right now. I don't know that I want to hear about sin, in part because maybe you were like me. I grew up in a church where when they talked about sin, it was mostly about personal culpability. It was about what you do wrong, right? And sin was really about doing the wrong thing. Um, my dad would say growing up in his church, right? It was about not drinking, dipping, or chewing, or girls would, how's it go? Drink, dip, or chew, or go with girls that do. Something like that, right? And it was about, uh, you, you don't want to be caught doing the things that were not culturally Christian and, uh, and doing the wrong thing. What I want to talk to you about differently today is not about doing the wrong thing. Uh, it's about not doing the thing that we're supposed to do. In James, James chapter four, James puts it this way. He says, if anyone then knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them, right? It, it's the moment that um, as a parent, you come to your kids, right? And you just give them the look, right? You're like, something bad happened, right? And they start to go, right? Their instant response is, I didn't do anything, right? Or maybe that's happened with you in a relationship or maybe with a boss. They look, hey, I didn't do anything. And you're like, yeah, that's the point. You, you didn't do anything. There was the right thing that you were supposed to do, that you would have known to do, and you didn't do it. The Bible talks about this kind of thing over and over and over again, right? One of the great stories in the scripture is the story of the, the Good Samaritan, right? And the Samaritan was the despised outsider. He was the person that you would have thought if somebody was gonna get mugged and robbed, he's probably the person that does it, right? And there's a person that gets mugged and robbed. And then the real problem in the story are the people that walk by and what do they do? They don't do anything. They keep doing what they're used to doing. 
And in a pandemic and at a time where people are struggling, I would propose to you the most significant sin for you and for me and potentially for our church and community and for the world are the sins of not moving and acting and not going towards the people in need. Here was this guy in extreme need and everybody knew he was in need. And the big sin was to just keep doing your thing. Keep taking care of yourself. And Ecclesia, I'm grateful as a church, that's not our posture. But for each of us as individuals, we naturally fall into this rhythm. The scriptures elaborate on this in stories like the parable of the talents. You remember that one? Where Jesus says there's this great master and he, uh, he wants to see which servants are faithful. And so he gives them, right? He gives to one, he gives five um, uh, objects of great monetary value. And to another, he gives three, right? And both of those, they double it, right? And then to one, he gives one uh, talent, uh, one object of monetary value, and that person just buries it, right? And he comes back and says, you're, you're wicked, right? This is a hard word, right? You're wicked. What did he do that was wicked? He just did nothing. Like, he could have done something, and he didn't do it. In Luke 16, we get a similar story, and I want to read this one to you. It tells us in Luke 16, verse 19, that there was a rich man who was dressed in purple. This meant he was really rich. These were the hard things to get, right? Everything he got from the best stores and fine linen, and he lived in luxury, not just rarely or occasionally. In the scripture, it tells us every day. Every day was a day of luxury for him. This means he had the highest thread count sheets, and in Quarantine, when you're in bed a lot or you're sick, I bought higher thread count sheets, by the way, uh, because it made being in bed a lot more pleasurable. This guy had it all. And it tells us at his gate laid a beggar named Lazarus who was covered in sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. And it tells us the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. And the rich man, it tells us, also died and was buried. And he ended up in Hades, in the place of suffering, where he was in torment. And he looked up and he saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. And he called to him and said, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. And if you remember this story, right, Father Abraham refuses, right? And he reminds him that on earth, he had the potential, he had the ability, the capability to eliminate suffering for the man that was at his gate. And he didn't do it. He likely would have been like you or I, somebody came and said, well, what did I do wrong? I didn't do anything, right? And God would say, yeah, yeah, you didn't, you didn't do anything. There was a thing for you to do. Bob Goff reminded us of it so well last week, right? That we've been called, we've been made to love these people around us. And that the big mistakes we often make are mistakes of inaction. I wanna remind you today, Ecclesia, that sin, its ultimate effect, is to divide us. What I love about forgiveness, when we turn to God, when we seek forgiveness for each other, it restores unity. It reminds us we're all a part of this together, right? When I was growing up, I was taught that we were punished for our sins, right? I had this sense if you do the wrong thing, God's gonna punish you. And what I've learned in life since is that it's just the opposite. We're not punished for our sins. We're actually punished by our sins. It's the mistakes that we make. They punish us, right? Um, it's the consequences of those failures. It's failing to step up 
and stand up for people that are facing uh, racism and prejudice. And it's in front of us and we just, and we'd go, hey, I didn't do anything, right? Exactly, we didn't do anything. And we had the opportunity to do something. Ecclesia, this is the beauty of it, is that it's our sin, it's our failure that leads us back to God. Right. Very few of us become really close to God because we're like, I'm really crushing it. You know, I'm just, I feel kind of perfect. Um, it, it's just the opposite. It's the places that we go, oh, I should have done better. I could have, like, why did I talk to my kid that way, right? I don't know about you, but I'm back in the routine of waking my kid up for school. And uh, I can already tell this is going to be an interesting dynamic in our relationship, right? Because he's not fired up to get up for school and look at an iPad. He's not excited about it. I don't blame him. I'm not excited either. And waking him up isn't easy. And waking him up the second or the third time, that's a little bit harder and a little bit frustrating. Since I told him to go to bed early, I'm starting to vet my parenting things here. That's not what this is for. This is what I'm telling you. It's those moments that we go, I could have done better. That I realize I need God and that we need each other. I grew up in an environment that focused on sin that led to shame. What often happened for me is I would think I messed up either because of the things that I did or that I didn't do, and that those things began to define me, right? I mean, that's kind of what we did. Those, those are the people that drink, right? We go to the Astros game and the people that you know, you'd go sit in the, the outfield at the Astrodome uh, for one of two reasons. You were either from a family like mine that didn't have the money to really go to the Astros game, so you'd go and it was 50 cents for a kid and a dollar for adults, or you had the money, but you were just gonna spend your money on beer, right? And that was the better way to do it. And, and I remember just think, like, those were the bad people. Everybody was defined by what they did or what they did wrong. And the truth of the Christian understanding of sin is that it doesn't define us. It doesn't lead to shame. Now, shame and guilt are two radically different things. Brene Brown talks about this beautifully, and she reminds us that shame tells us that we're bad, right? That, uh, that we're messed up. And the reality is guilt is something different. I feel some guilt when I get agitated with my kid waking him up early, right? Because uh, the reality is this isn't easy for him. He didn't ask for a pandemic. He didn't ask to lose his dog, right? He's struggling, right? And I need to show him some extra grace, right? In those places, it only, that guilt prompts me to be better. That guilt prompts me to say, oh, that's not the man I wanna be. And, and too often in my life, I, I've told you a story before about my mentor in college. His name was Dr. Glenn Hilburn, amazing man. He loved me so well. And I got so busy with my life and raising my kids and starting this church, Ecclesia, and things were so busy. I, I felt like I failed him. I stopped checking in on him. I didn't uh, go visit him when I came to town. I just, uh, I wasn't, uh, he treated me like a son. And I feel like when my life got busy, I didn't treat him like a good father. And so he was on his deathbed and I finally decided to break the ice, right? And to say, I haven't seen you in a long time, but I need to go see you. And I was so glad I did. This beautiful exchange happened there at the very end. And I realized he, he wasn't mad at me. He wasn't upset with me, but I had this shame that I was carrying about not um, serving him and loving him as well as I should have. And when I finally just said, what if this was just a sense of guilt? I wish I'd done better. Now I'm going to do better, right? And I'm gonna take my opportunity to go and serve him. And that guilt served me well. Uh, Christians are made to experience the kind of guilt that prompts us towards forgiveness and redemption, but we're not made for shame. Your sins don't define you. They don't define me. 
Christ defines us. He tells us who we are. And Ecclesia, whether it's things that you've done or things that you've failed to do, that's really good news. So Ecclesia, church, what are we to do? If we're going to look at our lives, look at sins of omission, right? People in need that we've failed to serve, we've failed to act. As James said, we knew the right thing to do, but we didn't do it. Um, how should we respond? Well, the first is this, uh, let's live honestly. And this is what you need to know, nobody's perfect. There's not a single person watching this sermon. Uh, there's not a pastor or a theologian anywhere that's standing up right now and going, I've kind of nailed life or I've nailed life in the pandemic. Right? None of us have. Like those stressors accelerate and we, we missed opportunities. Um, Okay, let's, let's just acknowledge those missed opportunities and live honestly and let that prompt each of us to be better. And then second, let's do this, let's examine. Would you take time today, at any point today, and just examine your own heart? Will you ask these questions like, where have I failed to ask? Anybody been in a conversation with someone and you, you felt like I should ask, not just, hey, how you doing? But like, hey, how, how are you really doing? Like I knew I, I was supposed, I just, I failed to ask because I didn't really want to go there. Or I failed to give. I saw a need, I didn't give. I failed to fight, right? Uh, to fight for what's right, uh, for somebody in your family, for somebody that you love, for an injustice that you just witnessed. You, you don't even know the person, but it was an injustice. Maybe, you've, 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 maybe you didn't stop and you saw an accident and you could have identified who was in the wrong, but you were too busy. Or a big one for me, you, you fail to encourage. I'll tell you, Ecclesia, there's a power that comes in words of encouragement. In all seasons, but I would tell you particularly in this season, that if you'll take the time to tell someone, you're amazing, you're made in the image of God, you give me hope, you're so good at what you do, you are a beautiful light to the world, you just offer words of encouragement, it will be a gift. Will you examine the places that maybe you've failed to act? And then will you do this? After you examine, will you just choose to pray this simple prayer to God? God, help me to act. Not to get too Nike slogan on you, but just to decide, well, let's just do it. Let's, when I feel a prompting, God, I'm just gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna turn off that mechanism in my head that goes, I'm gonna second guess this or that. I'm just gonna turn that off. And if I have a prompting to do a kind thing, I'm just gonna instantly do it. And then I'll tell you this, one of the best ways we can participate uh, in life and injustice is to be a part of our church. There are many sins of omission uh, that are just a reality for us because we can't all do everything. But when we're a part of a church like Ecclesia, what we get to do are identify needs all across the globe. Most of you didn't know this, but you kind of knew this, that when that explosion happened in Beirut, you knew uh, that I, as your pastor and other leaders in the church, we were gonna be looking for ways to serve people in Beirut. And I want you to know right now, we are looking at those ways and we are gonna be sending funding and resources and help because what happened there is tragic. And it happened, again, as a sin of omission. There were uh, these authorities that just, there were explosives there and they just didn't take action to prevent something that happened that is tragic. 
And they're beautiful people. Beirut's one of my favorite cities in the world. Right after we started Ecclesia, it was one of the first countries I visited. I love the people, I love the food. Uh, I, the, that spot on the Mediterranean is beyond gorgeous. And God loves those people, and we're gonna reach out and love those people. How do we prevent ourselves from actively being participants in sins of omission? by being a part of a church that acts, that moves. And so, because you're a part of Ecclesia, you're serving people in South America, you're serving the beggar at Lazarus's gate, right? The beggar at your gate has the opportunity to get food because we're a part of a church that feeds people, that works with local restaurants. We, we're a part of not neglecting people across the globe, not just watching something on CNN and saying, wow, that explosion was really big and watching it again and again and doing nothing, right? Because you're a part of a church that acts. One of the best things you can do is participate in the life of our church and then remind yourself of this great beauty, right? That in the kingdom of God, it's the greatest. You, you want to know? Everywhere we go, like you watch the Michael Jordan special, right? Did you watch that on ESPN? It was the only sports we had for a while. And the eternal question is, who's the greatest basketball player of all times, right? And we can go back and forth. I mean, it's probably Hakeem, but come on, we can go back and forth, right? And we could engage. And in the kingdom of God, it becomes really clear. Jesus says, you want to know who the greatest is? The one that serves. I want to be the greatest. I hope you want to be the greatest. I want to be the greatest church, not because we have the biggest building or we have the most or we have this or that, because we just say we're the ones that are going to serve. Like, let's just serve. And I'll remind you what I reminded my kids so often growing up, right? They'd fight over a toy, right? It's mine, 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 right? And we'd remind them, well, I gave that to you. That toy came from me. It is yours. And I gave it to you for one purpose, to share it, right? It is yours to share. Ecclesia, we've been given so much. Um, we don't have the cure, as best we can tell, uh, for this virus. Uh, but we do have the cure for what restores people to one another and to God. And that's found in Jesus Christ. And that's the great hope of the world. And he's the one that's called us to act and to serve. And so for the places that you have failed, I want to declare to you today in the name of Jesus, you're forgiven. The places that you've committed sins, sins of commission or omission, I want to remind you that Jesus forgives you. You're forgiven. And then I want to invite you today after a time of, of examination and repentance and a recommitment to God to say, God, I want to act, I want to serve, to say, let's be a part of a church, let's be a part of a community that moves and acts. Will you let me pray for you in this season? And at the end of this prayer, I'm going to pause and I'm going to ask you to join me as we pray for teachers. If you've got a teacher in your home or you've got teachers, maybe they were your teachers, they were really good to you, or they're in your family, or they're in our church community. I wanna ask you to think of at least 10 teachers today and reach out to them and offer some kind of gift of encouragement to them. 10 of them, you can think of them, start thinking. I've got a few just instantly came into my mind and we're gonna to move towards them. So let me pray for you and then we're gonna pray for our teachers. Lord God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you that just by being a part of Ecclesia, I'm present with brothers and sisters that say, I know I'm not perfect, I hadn't figured everything out, but I wanna be a part of a community that serves the world that Jesus loves. And I believe Jesus loves the homeless brothers and sisters here in Houston. They're like Lazarus at the gate. And so God, we wanna be a part of a church that continues to do your holy and sacred work in this city and across the globe. And we pray today for the places that we failed that you would show us great forgiveness and grace. 
And like I was with my friend, Dr. Hilburn, that I'd be in this place that I was beating myself up thinking I didn't do the right thing. And I'd just eventually let it go and decide to start doing the right thing. And in it, I'd find great freedom. Lord, may that be true for each of us today. And Lord, as we step into a new season, many with teachers teaching virtually or in the classroom or in preschools or high schools and places that they're unsure, <laughs> they, they don't like uh, not being present and they're not sure about being present. Both are difficult. I pray you give a great peace to teachers today. And I pray that our church would reach out and surround teachers, those caring for our kids, doing the most sacred, important work, that we'd surround them with love and care and kindness and support today. That every teacher that's connected to us would feel a sense that they're a part of something big and beautiful and that they're not alone and that they have no reason to be afraid. Even though um, in this world we have things that bother us that uh, we're fearful about, but that they would know ultimately they don't have to be afraid because the scriptures tell us, God, if you're for us, who could be against us? And we believe that that includes a virus or sickness or illness or even death itself, um, that because you are with us, that we have great hope. Lord, may it be so today. Would you bless the teachers in our homes, in our community, in our city, and across the globe. We pray all of this together and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. God bless you, Ecclesia. Friends, as we prepare ourselves to come to the table, let's join in this confession prayer together. Lord, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. Lord, you have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. Lord, you forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen. And so friends, we return to the table once again, and we come with gratitude to tell the story of Jesus because it's a story that we need over and over and over. And we get to shed our shame and come as beloved daughters and beloved sons around the table with our God who welcomes us to this feast. And in doing so, we, we tell the story of Jesus and we tell how the night before he went to the cross, he gathered with his friends and his disciples they ate the Passover meal together. As they ate the meal, Jesus took bread and he blessed God. And as he offered the bread to his friends, he, he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. And then they ate the meal and he took a cup of wine and again, he blessed God. And as he offered it to his friends, he said something new. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of your sins. So whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And so we do remember Jesus, his life and his death and his teachings and his resurrection, all of which are acts of love on our behalf. But we also look forward and anticipate the heavenly banquet feast where we will get to feast eternally with our God. And so as we are welcomed into the hospitality of God at his table this morning uh, or this afternoon or whenever you're watching this, uh, let's join and feast together. Friends, this is the body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Christ 
shed for you. With whatever you have gathered in your homes, today I've got some sourdough bread and some grape juice. Whatever you've got, gather it and let's feast and celebrate together. Amen. Savior say Thy strength indeed is small Child of weakness watch and pray Find in me thine all in all Jesus paid it all Call to him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain white as snow Lord now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change spots and melt the heart of stone Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow the throne I stand in him complete Jesus died my soul to save my lips shall still repeat Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain
God spoke that to the prophets, I will show myself to them in visions, and I will sound my voice in their dreams. And so may our dreams not merely be our own, but instead join with that divine imagination, that we would awake each day renewed, emboldened, and provoked to action, shown the courageous, perhaps perilous path forward. C.S. Lewis writes, that Lucy woke out of the deepest sleep you can imagine with the feeling that the voice she liked best in the world had been calling her name. May you as well hear this rousing voice. May it grant you energy, direction, and trust. Go forth to service and love, dreaming and daring. Ecclesia, dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.